Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today's show is provided for entertainment and general information purposes. Opinions expressed are those of the presenter only. We make no promises or guarantees of investment performance. Online Trading Academy is not a broker, dealer, certified financial planner, or registered investment advisor. Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears Radio Hour, sponsored by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. I am Aaron Warby, and I am here with the incomparable Nigel Cave. And today we have some fun things to talk about because we just had a Fed announcement, and the Federal Reserve, when they make announcements, it's always just so much fun in the markets. It's, it's just, it's a blast. And I think the best part is the news articles that then the market immediately contradicts. Those are my favorite. Well, yeah. So, so the really fun thing is the news leading up to it and then the news after. Yeah. This is what should happen and, oh, this is why it happened. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, or this is what should have happened. Or, or people saying b- before it, hey, if, if you don't do this, then, then you're not smart. And then the market goes the opposite way. And That's you're right. like, hmm, well, I wonder who's not smart in this scenario. Yes. So in the financial world, you have to look at – you know, you have to look at the, um, I don't know, the Jackson Hole Symposium mm-hmm. as the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's the Super Bowl of the financial world, at least here in the United States. And and then the Fed announcements would be something like the playoffs. I don't know, the, yeah, the championships yeah. or something. And so the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So wins and losses. And just like in football, we have we have armchair quarterbacks, <laughs> right? And armchair is it, coaches. Is it, I thought it was Monday morning quarterback. Monday morning. Yeah, because they go and rewatch the game Monday morning and then they... That's what you get after. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. But during and right before, you have all of those economists that are going to weigh in telling you what should happen and why... And why the the current actors are just idiots. Well, and, and then you get you get people who think they understand how to uh, interpret the news, and they put it out there. Like I heard a bunch that people saying, "So the the interest rate went up by point two five, right? Right. So it, it's still raised, right? And people were saying, "Hey, this is really bullish news because the interest rate didn't go up as much as it could have gone up, but well, the economy <laughs> is still tightening." And debt is still getting harder and more expensive. That's right. Not really bullish. That's still a bearish thing. It, yeah, yeah. So, so this is going to continue to hurt the economy, hurt the businesses. And it's the businesses that, you know, I don't know, that are behind the stocks. Yeah. That, that's, that's the issuers of the stocks. And when you hurt the company, then you can expect that the, the asset that it has published as ownership asset is not as valuable as it used to be, mm-hmm. right? And that's what should happen. However, it really depends, okay? Matters <laughs> on what you're buying. Yeah. 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 And, and who's, and who's uh, there buying and selling, Yeah, right? Because uh, things haven't made sense in, in that regard since... I don't know, the advent of the internet where a whole bunch of people that have no idea how to calculate the value of a company mm-hmm. um, are doing a lot of buying and 
than selling. Well, there's this like kind of nasty saying on the market that just kills me is people look at stocks and they say, oh, it's it's 50% off. It's a good time to buy it. Yeah. It doesn't mean it won't go 90% off or 100% <laughs> off, right? Yeah. It yeah. can still go down farther. Still may not be the right time to just be throwing your money at something you don't really right. understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my mom, you know, um, and I love her and and she was she was uh, born in the late 1940s, you know, 1949, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, well, I know she was born in 1949, but she was raised by parents who obviously went through the depression and were still just fresh out of the depression mm-hmm. when she was born. And so, you know, she was taught to save money at all costs. Yeah. You save and you save and you save and you, you know, um, anything, if you go and spend and especially on luxury items, man, that's almost sinful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when she would go out, if she saw one of those, um, I don't know, there's, there's whole malls that do nothing but sell like 80% off liquidation sales. Is that what you're something like that? Right. But, but this was the stuff that was rejected by store stores. Yeah. It it had something wrong with it and they're going to go home and fix it. Right. Okay. And so she'd go and she'd find deals. Yeah. And, and you're looking there and you can get like a pair of pants with a collar, (laughs) obvious mistake. But you buy it anyway because it's two bucks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and unfortunately, that's where we are in the economy. Everything looks like it's on sale. But then you could buy something on sale and it goes out of business. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be just a miserable mistake. It's, it's very similar to Silicon Valley Bank. Yes. They were 66 or 69% down from their high. Mm-hmm. And yet there were people on the news and internet toting them saying, oh, what a good deal. They're yes. so discounted. They're 60% you percent off. Them. You should buy it. And now the stock is gone. And yes. so is your money. And now we've got people complaining because they followed that advice. In fact, Sharon Stone says she lost half of her wealth oh. with SVB. Yikes. Half her wealth? She had half her wealth <clears throat> in the SVB stock? I guess. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what she said. I, I'm, I obviously don't, you know, I'm not privy to her accounts. That's just what she said. Oh, that's uncomfortable. All right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, things like that can, can hurt us very deeply. And we need to, well, if you're going to participate in this, and you should, all right? Because the truth of the matter is, is that it is right now during bear markets that the wealthy get more wealthy mm-hmm. and the poor get more poor. And it's not because the wealthy have ridden it out any better. It's because the wealthy aren't using the same strategies, the same methodologies that the poor do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what strategies are the poor using? Those that don't have wealth. My guess is you don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. If you know the difference. <laughs> yeah. So what are the wealthy doing that the, that the less wealthy aren't? Well, the wealthy take some time to look at the asset that they're buying and they understand how to read it. You or know, what are the chances of, are that it's going to stay intact? Yeah, or, or they have some type of education into how to put their money in the market and protect it. And protect it. And yeah. not just throw it out there and say, well, I hope something good happens. Exactly. Because that's crazy. Yeah, and Nigel and I were talking about a couple of strategies that you know most people probably couldn't use. Not because it's not available to them, because they don't know what they're doing and how to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, one of the strategies we discussed, uh, you know, is something that um, was used very effectively back in the last crash that nets uh, somewhere close to 20% a year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. 
right? Yeah. And that's on a long-term held thing. And then there's another one that is being used right now, doing something like 12% just by holding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's in some, you know, tax, uh, tax advantaged type ways. Yeah. I mean, there's savings account that are giving you four and a half percent nowadays. Yes. This is nuts. All right. And this, these are things that we should talk about when we get back anyway. Um, but, uh, and, and we will, but we've got to take a, a commercial break. Now, during the commercial break, you can sit there and listen to the commercials, or you can give us a call and get registered for one of our classes where you could learn some of the strategies that we're talking about, some of the opportunities that we're talking about, both for wealth and for trading. All right? We've got two opportunities for you today um, because we've got uh, classes where we do it as a public service. There's a free class that we do just to help raise awareness and raise financial intelligence among the people of the community. It's three hours. It's free. We talk about the basics of trading and investing and how it goes and uh, what uh, people can do even if they're not going to learn how to trade and invest better. Mm -hmm. Um, Great class, and it's absolutely free. So give us a call if you want that class. Just call us at 8448-TRADER. That's 8448-872337. Or text the word INCOME to 25029. That's income to 25029. We'll see you just in a few minutes after the commercials. Welcome back to the Bulls and the Bears Radio Hour, sponsored by Online Trading Academy. I am Aaron, and I will be the bear today, and that leaves Nigel with all the bull. Oh, yeah, I am not like most of the market. I am um, not. Yeah, I'm, I wish. There, I mean, there's I mean, there's times in the middle of the day where <laughs> I may be going and trading bullish, long or buying, whatever you want to call it. But my overall perspective, still negative. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I don't know that um, traders are ever really. I mean, they're fickle bunch. <laughs> because you're right. Inner day, it's going to go both up and down, and you have to act like a bull when it's going up and act like a bear when it's going down. That's really all there is to it. Generally, what is the deciding point as to which one you're going to use more often is the direction of the market on whole over a more extended period of time. But in the action, you do whatever it's called for as the market is moving. Well, and also you have to put into context, too, of what market you're looking at. I was trading the Forex markets the other day, so foreign currency exchange. I was long on the euro, so technically I was buying. That doesn't mean that I'm bullish in our stock Mm. market. (laughs) And you shouldn't be, (laughs) especially right now as uh, UBS is trying to uh, get out of their deal to buy. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. So they said they were going to buy Credit Suisse, and now they want to back out. Yikes. Yep. Isn't that fun? Anyway, yeah, so there's there's a lot in the markets, and I want to talk about that in just a minute. We left the show, the, the, I don't know, the, right before the commercial break, I said that there, we had two opportunities. And I want to explain, okay? In the past, we did a lot of offering, um, offering both the free class and then a three-day class. Now, the three-day class is meant for people who already know, you know, so that the, the free class is for people who maybe don't have a lot of uh, exposure mm-hmm. to the markets at all. And just needs something to see, hey, what is this all about? Yeah, how does this work? Right. And it's it's a great three hours, right? It really does give everybody a very good solid foundation. During the three-day class, we go over that same thing during the first little while. And so we've often said, well, 
do we really need to do the three hour free class, you know, the community service class? And especially when things get a little bit hectic and, and we've got a lot of calls and we're doing a lot of classes anyway, you know, and I've always insisted on, on moving ahead. But recently I, the team sat down, we talked about this and I want to fulfill everybody's needs. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty confident the people that have been regularly listening to this show have enough financial intelligence to simply move on to the three-day class if they want, and they're not going to miss anything, mm-hmm. okay? Especially since the very beginning of the three-day class, we go over everything that we did in the three-hour class anyway, and then move on to higher subjects, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is is that the three-day class are, is for those that know that they want to start taking control of their own wealth, their own trading, right? That are determined that this is going to be a a second form of income to them, or they're going to manage their own wealth and do better with it. Something like that. And also to identify what market they should be in, because a lot of people are not trading in the right market for what your purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we spend three days going through that and getting people prepared to do what is right for them. In fact, there's a lot of, of looking at personal, um, or individual, uh, circumstances, mm-hmm. right. And, and then helping people to, to say, all right, this is where I am. This is where I need to go. This is probably what I need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so forming that individual strategy for them as part of, as part of what we do during that three days class. So, um, we had stopped offering that three day class in this forum because, uh, you know, if it, if it was always a deal, then it's never a deal type thing. And for some reason we had to, I don't know, there was, there was some concern that, um, that different government agencies would say, all right, you can't announce it as a deal. And I'm not going to announce it as a deal. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're listening to the radio, uh, and you've been listening to this, then I can offer the class at $99. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And well, if you come to the free thing, then it's always offered at two hundred ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Now that kind of helps, you know, because we're offering it at that price at the, the three hour course. That kind of helps pay for the instructor's time and and all of it, and helps fund our charitable. This is how we're going to take care of the community thing, right? Um, but here, I don't think that everybody needs that three hour class if they don't want to attend. You can yeah. go straight to the three day. No, I agree. So. So what we're going to do is simply every week offer, if you want to go straight to the three-day class, then give us a call and go to the three-day class. 
All right. Now you've got to approach it differently. If you want to go to the three-day class, when you call, you have to tell them, I want the three-day class. Otherwise, they'll put you into the free free class Mm -hmm. because that's kind of the the way they default. All right. But the number is 8448-TRADER. That's 8448-87-2337. Or if you want to text it in, and have us call you back. Just text dollar sign nine nine to twenty five zero twenty nine. That's dollar sign nine nine to two five zero two nine. All right. So wanted to get into um, there. There was something a little bit different about this federal, you know, Federal Reserve announcement as opposed to others. What we've seen in the past when the Fed gets up and, and speaks and raises interest rates is immediately. Even though this is, you were absolutely right when you said that this is hard on businesses and therefore should be bad on the market. Bearish, yeah. Right, it should be a bearish call anytime the rates go up. Um, we've seen in the past that as soon as they raise interest rates, whether it's you know a fifty basis point, seventy five basis points, or twenty five, the market is shot straight up, and then the next day or the next couple of days is dropped right back off. And mm-hmm. actually, and so what we get is this bear trap. Yeah, this time we didn't see that at all. Well, it, it happened just quickly. It was it, well, it, it spiked up seconds, a little yeah. bit and then came <laughs> shooting back down. It wasn't like it ran for a day or so. It was it was pretty fast. Right. Yeah. So it acted more appropriately this time. And I'm, you know, the, the thought out there is, is that there might be a lot more fear in the markets than there used to be with the banks having such trouble as they've had. Mm-hmm. And there are still banks out there that are in dire circumstances. Well, and you'll see kind of a trend when it comes to the uh, Fed announcements. Typically, the first direction that it moves mm-hmm. is the fake direction. So as soon as this stuff started to come out, it started to shoot up really quickly, and then it stayed up for a couple of minutes, and then it came shooting back down. Yeah. It's done that before, but to the downside, where it shoots down, and then yeah. it goes skyrocketing through the roof. Yeah. So ultimately, the bull trap people didn't have enough people buying into it to make it worth their while. Mm-hmm. And then they simply let it go. Well, and, and when you're competing against professional investors and banks, and they're 80% of the market that you're competing against, you don't have much of a... Uh, a fighting chance to try and keep the market up with you and your friends. It's just right. not going to happen. <laughs> if they want it to go one way, it's going to go. Uh, now, yeah. the GameStop a, people are trying. No, yeah, that's a different that's- story for GameStop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we've said this before, but 80% of the market is uh, institutions. 20% is is retail people. Right. And you were telling me earlier that GameStop, is, yeah, 70%, 70% is owned by retail I cannot believe that. But that explains a lot, doesn't it? It explains so much. Yes. <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that at all. It yeah, just, institutions yeah. understand, understand what value of, of the object that they've got in their hands is. Mm-hmm. Typically, the retailers haven't been trained that way. And so they're kind of guessing as to what it, it's valued at. Yeah. Okay. So GameStop had not made a profit since 2015 when it spiked up there in 2020. Mm-hmm. But it spiked up. I mean, it, it ran up to, it, it went from $4 to like 400 and something. To four, yeah, to $384, I think. I thought it was like a little over 400 I don't know. The, the wick of the candle might have gotten that far. Oh, okay. But on the day it closed out, you know, with 384 I think was the top. Yeah. At, at any rate, it got way up there. Now, had anything happened in the company to make it more valuable? Not a thing. No. Okay, this is still a company that was slowly going out of business. Yeah. It still is slowly going out of business. <laughs> yeah. And so it's held by primarily people that have no idea what the value of a stock is. 
Um, and, and if that happens to be you, just come into one of our free classes. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll you know, show we'll, you. We'll show you, yeah, not only that, but we'll show you how the institutions look at it and where they're buying and selling, right? And it's also not, if you're holding it, it's not your fault for getting sucked into it. It is a very common thing. If you see something on the internet and you're like, oh, this is, people are telling me this is going to make me money. Well, I'd be, I'd be ridiculous not to put my money there. Right. Yeah. And, and so ultimately, you know, uh, I think the lesson that we need to learn is, is that yes, the stock market is a herd mentality thing, but hmm. we've got different herds, Yeah. right? We've got the institutional herd that acts one way and then the retail herd that acts another way. And if you really want to do well in the markets, you have to be an observer of the herd, but not a participator. You can't be part of the herd. Mm -hmm. Now, this kind of makes sense because everybody knows that you have to buy when it's low and sell when it's high. Mm -hmm. But the very fact that something is getting low tells you that the herd is selling it off. Yeah. Okay. And if you're part of the herd, then what you're doing is you're selling it off right about the time you should be buying. <laughs> okay. And if it's going higher then what it's telling you is the herd is buying it up, guess what you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just a hint. Um, and, and so if you're going to do well in the markets and I don't care what market it is, you have to recognize what the herd is doing, but, and recognize the herd mentality because the better you are at the herd mentality, the better you're going to be able to pick, oh, the herd is going to run and they're going to sell it off until it gets to this point. And then they're going to stop selling. That's when I need to buy. Mm -hmm. All right. You can't simply say the herd's selling. I better start buying because then you're going to be buying and buying and buying all the way down. And that's not going to give you as much of an advantage. If you simply understood, here's where the herd stops for water. Well, and, and, Let's and a lot of people, well, a lot of people on the buying all the way down thing, they run out of money before it ever hits the bottom. Right. So then you own most of it near the highs and it keeps <laughs> dropping. And then you're like, wait, how do people still have money? I've, I've already thrown yes. all my money at it. That's exactly <laughs> I'm out. right. Yeah. Herds <laughs> travel in predictable patterns and there are patterns that you can see. You have to be an observer of the patterns and you have to not do what the herd's doing, but know what the herd's going to do yeah. if you want to do well. Well, and, and you typically don't want to follow the retail people. You want to follow the institutions because the institutions are far more predictable and easier to trade around than the average Joe. Right. I mean, what, is, what was GameStop up this week? Like 40%, yeah. 38% yeah. or some, 38 something? 38%, I think, yeah. Madness. Absolute <laughs> madness. I, I can't even with that stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes, the herd is going to uh, the herd is going to do things that don't make any sense sometimes. Now we saw a lot of this with um, you know we see a lot of this with stocks. We everybody think everybody knows. Oh, you buy it when it's cheap, and so here SVB is sixty percent off or sixty six percent off. It was. It was. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then a lot of the voices out there. Oh, it's cheap. Got to buy it. All right. And then the next day it's worth nothing. Yeah. All right. Not good. Yeah. So because, you know, if you're following the herd, but the herd thinks that it's cheap and they start buying it, just like SVB or Silver Bank or Signature Bank, you know, buying the stock at any price is a bad price. It's too expensive. Yeah. You have to 
know what you're about. And if you're going to do something, if, if something's 60% off, you need to look at it and say, well, golly gee, is there a reason it's 60% off? Well, and, and there, there are not for, for retail investors. Yes, that is true. If you are an active trader and you're looking at volatility of options and you want to play an options play, mm-hmm. that's not a big deal. You can do that. But just for the oh, average yes. person, o- options, and that's buying options or by selling. The way. selling. Well, I wouldn't sell a put in that case. I might sell a call if it was 60% down. But a credit spread would be fine. <laughs> credit You're spread covered. would be fine. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. But if you don't know what that is, don't look it up on YouTube and try and do it, okay? Yeah, the oh University my God. of YouTube is awful. You're going to get skinned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we've got to go to a commercial break. During the break, give us a call. Either get registered for our free three-hour trading and investing class, all right, where we go over the strategies and the methodologies of trading and investing in the right way. It's the basics class. You're not going to learn how to trade or invest out of that, but it's great uh, basic information. Mm-hmm. All right. Number is 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337. Or text the word INCOME to 25029. That's INCOME to 25029. If you know that you need to get into this, you are going to do it. And uh, and you, you, um, you've got the information to know that, yeah, this is the right thing for you. We have a three-day intensive trading and investing class that takes a deep dive into all of the markets and how they work and the strategies and things like that. All right. That is uh, the, the $99 class, at least here on the show. So give us a call and get registered if that's the class for you. Again, the number is 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337 or text dollar sign 99 to 25029. Dollar sign 99 to 25029. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the Bulls and the Bears Radio, sponsored by Online Trading Academy. We're a little bit more than halfway through the show. We've been talking about, well, mostly about the Fed and the fallout from the Fed and then banking. We yeah, and then banking. banking. Yeah. All right. Now, um, on the banking note, right, there's been a banking crisis and there's been a lot of people that have been commenting on this. Oh, the, you know, the Fed, uh, the Fed caused this situation. Uh, all right. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, hold on. It's, it's, okay. I, I, we got to explain it a little bit because like we said before, SVB didn't have a chief risk officer for like six to eight months. So yes. could they have prevented 15 to $18 billion in loss? Um, yes. Probably. All right. At least some of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, because there's been so many banks that have been kind of looking at crisis mode here lately and, and frantically trying to clean some things up, you know, we've got to ask what is going on in the banking sector altogether, right? Is it, is it them just being overly risky and not managing it the way they should? Well, actually, actually, um, back in, in, uh, back in 2000, after 2008, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided we needed new banking laws. And so they created new banking laws and said, here, this is what you need to do in order to make sure that we, uh, that the banks are covered and so you're going to hold this much of this type of thing and this much of this type of thing. One of the things that they, you know, that banks need to hold in order to, in, in order to be considered, you know, I don't know, in compliance mm-hmm. are, you know, some treasury notes and things like that. 
Okay. So the real problem we've got here is that if you're holding treasury notes and rates go up, Tre- guess what happens to the value of treasury notes? They go down. Yeah. Now, this wouldn't be a problem unless you need to withdraw or unless you need to actually sell those off before the the bond the bond uh, comes I, I don't know comes due and you get all your money back right yeah because the way the bonds work is it's kind of an umbrella loan more or less and you get all of your money back at once but in the meantime you're getting you're getting payoffs but if you have to sell it in the middle and the rates have gone up then the actual investment itself is worth less mm-hmm. all right so so here we have signature bank and uh, and SVB. And because they weren't looking at things and critically deciphering what the risk actually was, they got into a situation where the rates were going up and, and here, um, you know, a lot of these tech companies were losing money because that's what happens yeah. when they can't borrow easy money anymore and they have to pay back bonds. Um, and, well, and, and when most of those tech companies, just so we're clear, are negative in profits, they don't make any money at all. Exactly. And they, they, they never have, right? No, and Uber's like at the top of that list. They're <laughs> good guys. They're, they're bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and so they've been surviving on this, this uh, you know, easy money, free money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but then the rates have gone up and they've gone up rather quickly and they have to renew the, their, their corporate bonds, which come due much faster than, uh, you know, many of the treasuries. And they have to do it at higher rates. And they can't get new money. And so they're laying off people and they're bleeding. And, and they're also withdrawing money at a, a much faster rate than they used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. They used to just just sell another bond or get another loan and put money into the accounts. Now they're withdrawing it at a very fast rate. And so here, you know, uh, SVB and Signature um, and and the other banks are saying, okay, well, yeah, we've got to give you your money you're now withdrawing it. You're not putting money in. We've got to give it to you. And we're running out of assets to sell. And here we are. All we can sell is the treasuries. And now we're taking real losses instead of paper losses. Yeah. Now, it's not the paper losses that is going to have or give um, give the banks problems. It's the real losses. Mm-hmm. Which is, is – there's a difference between unrealized gains and realized gains. Yeah. Unrealized, you don't have to report. Right. It doesn't show up. As soon as you realize them, you you sell or you buy whatever it is that you have to get out of. Uh, now those losses hit the paperwork, and the paperwork <laughs> looks real bad. And the yeah. paperwork hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so you you know the the issue is is people are blaming uh, the Fed for this, and in a roundabout way they might be. All right. Now, did the here's one of the things that we've we've got in our country that we take great stock in. You know, after the 2008 uh, financial crisis, we said, all right, what needs to happen to these banks? Do they need to hold more on their books? Well, obviously they can't if we want to restart the economy, mm-hmm. right? In fact, it was the Fed start. That's when they started printing money. The QE mm-hmm. was there to feed the banks. Quantity they were buying, easing. yeah, they were buying up um, assets so that the banks could take advantage of those and and bring liquidity to the banks. And that's how it happened. And for... I don't know what, five, six years, every time they talked about stopping. The market would dip a little bit yeah. and then have to restart. Oh, yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd go down. And so after a little while, it became very obvious that the Fed's, the Federal Reserve's job was not only to control inflation and provide liquidity to the nation's bank, 
but it was also to keep the stock market going. Yeah. And, right? and they've announced that, hey, we know what we've done. The stock market's way overinflated yeah. and it needs to come down. So they don't really <laughs> care about the stock market. Well, they say that, but the very fact that they only raised 25 basis points uh, you know, means something. Because if, if they had raised 50, then the stock market probably would have taken a, a Quite the nosedive, yeah. yes. All right. Um, however, they couldn't do that but still prop up the banks right now. Because if they raised it by 50 basis points, then all of the bank's holdings in these treasuries would be even more worthless than they are right now. Mm-hmm. Further... Uh, putting people in doubt. And if people started withdrawing money at a faster rate, and and that's what happens during recession, right? People stop spending their money on things like electronics and like, uh, you know, games and things like that. They stop to a larger degree buying those things and turn to food. Yeah. And food's been more expensive lately. And so people have spent more of their money on food and less on electronics, especially as the credit card uh, situation you know, starts drying, drying up. Mm-hmm. And so these companies that all of a sudden have much less capital have been withdrawing and that's caused real problems for them in their banks. Okay. So, uh, back in 2000, we decided we don't need banks to be more stable. We're going to do the good old American thing and protect the nation by legislation. We're just going to pass new laws. And of course that's going to take care of it. Hmm. But then they passed laws that fit the 2008 situation But it turns out once you've printed a lot of money and now you need to control inflation by hiking interest rates like we did back in the 70s to Mm -hmm. the 80s, it turns out that that legislation hurts banks. Yeah. Now what do you do? Yeah. And now you have to go into your back pocket and dig some money out and pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And which is what the, you know, what Janet Yellen has been standing up saying, oh no, we're going to back, we're going to back everything up. And now they're talking about, oh, we don't need to guarantee only 250,000 of every account. We need to guarantee a hundred percent. Where are we going to get all this money? Yeah. How do you, how do you print money to protect the accounts on one side, but then continue to raise interest rates because inflation's out of control. You're, you're you're fighting yourself. Yes. And so here we are where the federal reserve and Robert Kiyosaki said this best. I think he said, uh, the federal reserve has become both the arsonist and the fireman. (laughs) That's true. They're starting fires and then they're trying to put them out. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately, they're using the same hose for both. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Um, so, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, this is causing real problems with people trying to decide how this is all going to work out. And it should, we've never been in this situation. We have no idea how this is going to work out. Mm -hmm. All right. Basics of economy would say that if we print more money, inflation is going to keep going up. Well, that was certainly true in the 1970s. Yeah. All right. And it took a long time to control it. Yes. Every time they started thinking, all right, we've got inflation under control and backed off, stopped raising interest rates, inflation went back up. Yeah. And we saw that last month, right? Well, and and I understand they have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of Senate people and and Congress people who are looking at them saying, oh my God, we can't have all this unemployment. Yes. You're you're trying to take unemployment to 2 million. That's so wrong. Yeah. You're trying to raise unemployment to average... You're trying to raise the unemployment to the place where, well, you know what, guys? Here's what I'm thinking. If 2 million jobs disappeared, right now we have, what, 8 million jobs available that aren't being filled? Uh, 11. 11? Mm-hmm. We're still okay. Yeah. There's, there's All right. There's, there's jobs for everybody. 
Might yeah. not be the job you want to do, but there's jobs for everybody. Hey, In-N-Out Burger's paying $18 an hour. 18 That's nuts. I got paid $19 an hour for working in a prison. Is that a living wage? 18 I don't know. Could have been flipping burgers. I could have been flipping burgers. You didn't need to go and get maced in training. You you could just flip a burger. Right? Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) when we come back, we're going to talk about um, how to actually work through some of these issues. In the meantime, give us a call and get registered for one of our two classes. We have the free class, the three-hour class. All right. Um, And that is good information, strategies, uh, methodologies, and tools. Uh, The number to get into that class, 8448-TRADER. And or text um, wealth to 25029. If you know that you want to start trading and investing and you are determined to actually get this uh, taken care of and do it right, come into one of our three day trading and investing classes, market timing orientation. Um, the number to get into that again is 8448 trader, but you have to tell the operator that you want the $99 course or text dollar sign 99. To 25029. That's dollar sign 99 to 25029. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to our final few minutes of the Bulls and the Bears Radio Hour, sponsored by Online Trading Academy. Once again, for those of you that have joined us somewhere in the middle of the show, I am Aaron Warby, and uh, I am joined today and almost every week by Nigel Cave. All right. Uh, we want to finish up this hour discussing a couple of things. I always try and, uh, you know, I, I, I take it for granted that if I'm getting a question, a lot of people have that question. They just haven't a- asked it. Mm-hmm. And so um, lately there's been a political move and especially among those, um, and, and Fox has made a big deal out of it. And so, you know, mm-hmm. if you've watched Fox or seen Fox in the news, then you might've seen this come up and I've got a lot of questions about it, but uh there's there's this push. President Biden um, has pushed to, to have what's called ESG as part of the determination as to what, um, especially uh, what retirement accounts, which account for the majority of money in the markets, uh, what they buy and what they hold in their portfolios. Okay. Uh, now there has been a bill that just went you know, passed and hit his desk Mm -hmm. that, um, that I don't know, basically said, yeah, there's no need to look at ESG as part of the decision as to whether to put it in the portfolio or not. Okay. Mm -hmm. And president Biden vetoed it because he wants it obviously now ESG. And you're going to understand this when, when I uh, let you know what it is, but ESG stands for environmental, social government and governance and governance. That's right. Okay. And so basically what it is, is uh, he wants more money invested in companies that, um, that I I don't know, are environmentally friendly, friendly, um, but also have, you know, social, uh, social standards that are agreed with, with, you know, I, I don't know what standard that is and, uh, and, and governance. Anyway, there's, there's something that puts you into the ESG. All right. So everybody is asking me, what do I think about this? Now, I try not to get involved in the political, you know, in whatever political thing is because, because they can't even agree with themselves, <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, but I do have to get involved and, and at least to give an opinion when I'm seeing things like this. My take on it is I want everybody to have 
you know, to work towards, I mean, you know, who, who likes smog? Yeah. Right. So I want people to be more environmentally conscious, but do it in a way that actually makes sense to the entire environment, not just going along with what is the latest and greatest. Well, and, and so for this whole thing, I, mm. saying that you're going to invest in certain companies that only meet these requirements, your purpose of your retirement account is for you to make a good rate of return so you can retire. If this yeah. doesn't provide that, this is a bad investment. Uh, okay. And, and so that's where, yeah, that, you, you've cut to the chase because you're exactly right. You Sorry. Know, that's the first thought that came to my head. And I was like, I don't even know what the rate of return on is on this thing, but if it's not any good, I'm not getting anywhere near it. <laughs> well, and, and that's kind of the issue that, that we're facing, right? Uh, we're being strong armed, or at least that's, that's the fear that these retirement accounts are going to get strong armed into putting money towards these things, uh, even though they're not performing as well as other things, uh, which, you know, I, it, it looks like is exactly true and usually comes out somewhere to some degree in that, in that vein. So don't, don't they, I mean, this is like, um, the, the lie that's been sold about mutual funds, right? Is well, this similar? Like, Hey, put okay. it here for these reasons that aren't necessarily beneficial to you, but they benefit someone else. All right. I don't know. You know, the, the, there is, I don't, I don't know of any laws out there that say that retirement accounts have to hold mutual funds. Many of them do, but 401ks, that's the only thing you can, invest that's all in. that 401ks do. That's, yeah. that's true. So that's kind of a law, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The regulation. I but don't know. Yeah. What you want to call these it? retirement accounts, you know, I don't know that mutual funds do ESG, but individual companies do. And yeah. so when the retirement account is, is saying, all right, what do we want to put into our mutual fund? Or what do we want to put into the 401k? Mm-hmm. Well, the things that go into the 401ks, the mutual funds or, or funds of any type, then they're supposed to, under whatever law is trying to get changed here, um, look at the CSG and say, all right, I've got to give the benefit to the ESG and put that in, even though it's not performing as well. All right. Now, the problem is, is that our current retirement accounts. Do you know what the average person at uh, 65 has to retire on? $265,000? No, that's what the average 401k. 401k at 65 is. Oh, is it like 310, 320? 460. Oh, okay. All right. 460. Guess what is not going to be very good if you've got 460 and you're trying to retire for 20 years? Well, and your inflation's at 6% a year. <laughs> yes. Retirement is not going to be the dream that you thought about, you know, you, you hoped for if that's what you've got to retire on for 20 years. And so if we've already got a system that is failing in retirement as it is putting extra, you know, tying its hands behind its back even more than, than they're already tied is probably a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ESG, not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I don't want people to be environmentally, socially, governance minded conscious yeah but in my particular retirement accounts i don't know that that would be at the top of my list if i saw two companies and one was esg but you know losing money every year and another one was making money every year and they didn't have that esg sticker yeah i'd take the one that's making money because you're right there's only one reason to have money in the market and it's not to support some environmental uh cause it's to make it's, you money. Yeah, it's that well, money should be making you money. And this is the same argument I have against people who come through our doors or I meet in public or whatever it is who say, you know what, I just love this one company. And they just yeah, great. can't get over it. And I'm like, that's that's fantastic. Is it making you money? 
Yeah. And you're, like, well, you're thinking of Alibaba. I'm, I'm thinking Alibaba. I'm thinking of <laughs> Tesla. I'm thinking of anything that people get overly in love with. And basically look at they, – they remove all negatives and they're like, but it's a good company. It will grow eventually. That doesn't mean if it doesn't yeah. grow for four years and you lose money, that's not a positive. You wasted four years. So it's it's like – I think that we kind of as a society don't look at investing maybe the way it should be looked at or the way that wealthier people well, look at it. Yeah, so most people – under yeah, here's here's my opinion on that, on that subject. Most people um, approach investing – knowing that they want to make money. Okay. People that fall in love with Tesla fell in love with it because maybe they put a little bit of money in it back in, I don't know, 2016. And it turned into a lot of money Mm -hmm. from that little bit of money. Right. They invested a thousand and it became, I don't know, six, 7,000 in a very little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And now they're enamored with the stock. Same thing with Alibaba. And so that they, they know that it should make them money. The problem is, is that not every company that goes straight up and then comes back down is going to go straight up again. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you think about it critically, you can fall in love with it because it's done the right thing, but it only did it once. Is it going to do it again? Yeah. Um, yeah I fall in love with the investments that make me money, not individual companies. <laughs> yeah. I fall if, in love with percentages. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what the company is. <laughs> Matter of fact, it could be a company that I've never even heard of. And as long as it is making me money, I'm fine. Yeah. In fact, you showed me one today and I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, and there's, there's 8,000 plus stocks out there for you to go look at. You're not going to know probably what half of them are. Right. That's okay. <laughs> if they can, if they are money making tools. Large, cap, large caps. Yeah. You're not they're, even talking about the small caps. Yeah. I'm talking about tradable ones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the pennies. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. The pennies. Yeah. The pennies. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes. But you're exactly right. You know, because we don't have the financial intelligence that we should, because we've never been trained, because the market has changed and the strategies have changed with them, but it's never been updated in our own minds, we tend to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the bad decisions that still perpetuates is buy and hold. Okay, not even Warren Buffett is buying and holding anymore. Yeah. Uh, buy and hold was great back in the 70s through the 90s. But since then, it sucked. Did you know if you were buying and holding from 2020 Till now, do you know what your rate of return was if you were doing the buy and hold in the S and P five hundred? Oh, it's got to be like four point one percent per year. Yikes! Just four point one percent. Now I know that if you look at it and you average out the year over year, mm-hmm. you're going to come up with eight point one nine percent or even nine percent, something like that. Okay, yeah. but that that um, is actually taking traders' numbers, which is figured out year over year. Mm-hmm. And tried to average it out to what it would it might look like if you were, you know, if you were doing a buy and hold. Mm-hmm. But the real return, if you were to take a hundred thousand uh, in two thousand and hold it till now and figure out the rate of return in twenty twenty three, yeah, four point one percent. And that's not including if you have a financial planner that you're paying money to every year, right? That's exactly right. Yikes. And so, you know, doing that doing that kind of a strategy is very detrimental when. When if you're going to retire well, you need something closer to the 8% or even the 6% that's advertised, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's advertised in the mutual funds. And by the way, the um, S&P 500 beat all of the mutual funds during that period mm-hmm. by 3.52%. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the reality is, is that you're, you're using a strategy that was built in an era where that strategy made sense and it no longer makes sense 
You've got to do something different. If you want to learn those strategies, we teach them and we're very anxious to share them. We teach them in both our free class and our three-day class. So if you just want to see how things work, come to our free class. All right? Register for it. We've got it at a location near you, and it's available at uh, different times of the weekend, different times of the day even. Uh, The number is 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337, or text the word WEALTH to 25029. If, on the other hand, you know that you want to get involved, you're going to start trading, you're going to start investing and doing it right, give us a call and get into our three-day class. It's a market timing orientation class, and it's wonderful information. And this is an education system that's been around for a long time. We know what's going on in bull markets and bear markets. Number again, 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337 or text dollar sign 99 to 25029. That's dollar sign 99 to 25029. We'll see you next week. 